from Memphis, Tennessee, it's Memphis Board Live. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. Greetings and salutations. We're live from high atop Mount Moriah here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. On the other side of the glass, we've got the king of crunch, Conrad Hurt, in the sleaze of Memphis, Johnny Radio. we got an action-packed edition of MSL today. We're only here for 90 minutes. It's a 90-minute edition of the program, so we're going to lead right up to the pregame show for Ole Miss versus Arkansas. They're in Fayetteville today. Big game for the Rebels today um, right here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. So keep your radio tuned. You don't need to change it anywhere. We'll be on until 1230, and we'll lead right into the pregame show, which will lead right into the action of the Ole Miss Rebels, who have got a lot on the line today uh, in this game against Arkansas. And we'll talk about that uh, here momentarily. But here's what we got going on in the show. Real fast, this is an action-packed edition of the program. At 1130... He is your representative of the 9th Congressional District here in the great state of Tennessee, Congressman Steve Cohen, one of the biggest Tiger football fans on the planet, joins us to talk about, well, Tiger football. It's a big day for Tiger football today. I'm excited about Tiger football today. I will be out there at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium today, and if you're not going there, I question uh, your motives and of, of uh, what you think life is all about because it, it, is, a, it is a big day and uh, and Tiger football today, and it's just the perfect day, and we'll talk more about that. But Congressman Cohen will join us, and I, I'm, we're going to have to ask him about the moat, right? Because Congressman Cohen earlier this week um, made national headlines that uh, he wanted a uh, thought it would be a good idea to have a moat at the White House to try to stop intruders, right? You, they've been climbing over the fence, and he made the headlines. He said, well, what about a moat? What if we put a moat there? And I actually kind of think that's not a horrible idea. I mean, a moat's work. There's a reason why they had moats. Um, I'm down with the moat, but we'll talk to Congressman Steve Cohen about his moat idea um, as well. Uh, every week, uh, Kevin Light joins us from the Memphis Flyer to talk about the Grizzlies. He will do that at 11.50, coming up at high noon. Uh, no hang up and listen this week, because we're going to be joined by Clipper Daryl. The Clippers are in town tomorrow. Sunday afternoon game starts at 5 p.m. at FedEx Forum. So we're going to touch base with uh, Clipper Daryl, who is the biggest Clipper fan on the planet. And uh, we're going to play Talk Smack to Clipper Daryl at noon. So you can call in at noon and Talk Smack to Clipper Daryl. And there's no better time, I would think, to Talk Smack to Clipper Daryl than right now. Grizzlies, number one in the association. Clippers record is, is good, but not as good as the Grizzlies. And it's a big game. It's a big rivalry game. It does not get much bigger than Grizz Clippers, which will happen at the Forum tomorrow. So you can talk smack to Clipper Daryl at noon. And at some point in the broadcast today, we're going to touch base with a big a big Grizzlies fan. We've got a lot of fans on the show today. Big-time famous fans coming on the program. Uh, Bongo Lady, the Grizz Bongo Lady, you know the lady who does the bongos at the Grizzlies game. She met Rob Lowe yesterday when Rob Lowe was in town. It was a star-studded couple days in the city. But we're going to try to touch base with Bongo Lady and find out how Bongo Lady met Rob Lowe and get the story behind that. Uh, it's real interesting, funny tweets that she sent out yesterday. And uh, so we'll touch base for a few minutes and talk to Bongo Lady on this broadcast. But we start we start each and every week with um, Marcus Hunter live from the state of Mississippi, and he joins us now. What's up, Hunter boy? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Cerrito? Mr. Selfie, Mr. Sweet Tea. Uh, well, before we get into the starting five, I, we've got to make note of this, and we've got to send out 
a uh, big ups to Dustin Five Star because okay. our our buddy, our regular guest on this show, uh, wrestling superstar Dustin Star, defeated Jerry the King Lawler on Thursday night at Minglewood Hall. Well, you know, I was wondering uh, how last night's match went, you know, because it was, um, you know, basically Dustin's rematch after the last time he beat up by, uh, you know, a much older gentleman than himself. So it's uh, it's uh, really good to see that he got that win last night. Maybe uh, Maria is way more help than he uh, first saw. So Maria's a good luck charm, and now he's finally considered that he beat the king. And not many people, especially in Memphis, can say they beat the king. <laughs> right, but for the record, Dustin beat him by disqualification. Uh, he didn't pin oh, the king. Hey, but it's still a W against the king for the you know for the rest of his life. He can you know he can tell his grandkids that he at one point did uh, get a win over Jerry the King Lawler, and that's more than we can say. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, got a win over Jerry the King Lawler, and. And it's one of those stories you can pass on for generations to generations. I'm glad for I'm glad Dustin was able to get that done because I mean I mean I mean, I mean like, like you said last time when this guy played this old older gentleman and then the king Dustin just this is embarrassing to lose to a guy who's much older than you. That's all I gotta say. No matter how much of a king he is, Dustin, I'm glad Dustin was able to get it done. Right. Well, and, but you know, and Lawler's not going to lay down for anybody. So it's it's a win. You're well, going to no. get you're going to get no, Lawler's not, not losing in Memphis, savvy. Tennessee. So very savvy, yeah. So if it's you like, it's like uh, like, like like the best home field advantage you can have, you know, Jerry the King Lawler right here in Memphis. So that's a, it's really a big big upset for Dustin to get the win right here. At, you know, well in Memphis. Right, you got to win. A win's a win against the king. I mean, you got to take those however you can get it because king does not lose uh, usually in any capacity uh, within uh, the nine hundred one area code. All right, uh, let's go. Let's get going. Let's do the starting five. All right, these are the five most interesting, important sports stories for the sports fan in the mid south over the past seven days. It is the starting five, which is being brought to you by Playhouse on the Square. This holiday season, give your loved ones an experience they will remember. Give the gift of professional live theater with gift certificates or even a subscription to Playhouse on the Square. Go to playhouseonthesquare.org for more information. Currently playing at Playhouse on the Square, which is the brand new building. Uh, it's been only open for a few years at Union and Cooper in the historic Overton Square District. There's Sanders Family Quiz. Christmas is about to to get underway. Opening this weekend was Pita Pan. So it is a great place to take your date and it's a great holiday gift. Playhouse on the Square. All right, Marcus, number one story, your Memphis Grizzlies, despite uh, an illness, the Grizz flu or whatever we're calling it, they uh, have still been able to play pretty well and they got a big win last night against the Celtics at home. Of course, the Celtics are terrible. Grizzlies winning 117 uh to uh, 110, that doesn't sound right, uh, against uh, the Clippers. Uh, Tony Allen and Coupon both out um, in the game, still sick. And uh, some historic numbers out of this game. The, the Celtics have lost 23 consecutive road games against the Western Conference. And the Grizzlies wow. have won 21 straight at home, and they'll put that on the line again tomorrow against the Clippers. Oh, wow. Well, you know, obviously, you know, really great the Grizzlies to have their winning streak and uh, I think they can get it done against the Clippers. I mean, this Grizzlies team is really, really good and really, really talented. I mean, the way they've been playing and I mean, yeah, they, they would probably still only have that one loss had it not been for that blue because, you know, they lost that game up there uh, in Toronto and I think that uh, the fact that they didn't have all their players probably led to them losing their basketball game because 
you know, it was a close game, and you know, guys get tired late in games, especially games that are battles. So, uh, the fact that, that they have been able to pretty much uh, hold steady during a time where they're losing half of their team to a, a you know, a sickness, it's pretty good. You know, again, you know, it goes back to good coaching. You got to give Dave Yeager his props. The fact that he's been able to, you know, make everything continue to move smoothly uh, despite not having a lot of his guys. Right. I mean, the Grizzlies finally started putting it together, started playing well, and then, bam, they get sick, right? So everybody's sick. They played awesome in Toronto. I wonder, though, they ended up, of course, losing the game. And should they have just pulled at Greg Popovich and been like, all right, we're not going to win this game. Let's rest our players. Let's only play Mark a little, this a little bitty amount, the Zebo, this little. Let's rest these guys who we're going to need later in the season, uh, give them more rest leading into the big weekend against the Celtics and the Clippers. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. You broke up a little bit. I didn't hear everything you said. Uh, I broke up. You need a better cell phone service. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. We'll keep. We'll uh. We'll keep moving them. I just think that that they, they should have rested the players a little bit more on Wednesday night and not tried to win that game. I know it was close. That's what I thought. But it ended up being a fun game to watch. I'm not gonna complain about that. But uh, I think that was the ideal time to say, okay, look, we're not gonna win. We had to bring some guys in from nowhere and sign them to play tonight because we had five players out sick. That the Grizzlies at that point should have been like, all right, well, we're just gonna concede this game, which they ended up losing anyway. So I thought they just I mean, should have. I mean, but you never want to. I mean, I mean, unless you're the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, you never really want to just concede a game like that because you know the guys are competitive. They're gonna want to get out there. They're gonna want to play. They're gonna want to compete. And ultimately, they're gonna want to win. You don't want to basically say, "Hey guys, we don't have a shot at winning tonight." So just roll some guys out there and uh, you know throw the ball up, and uh, you guys go out there and get stumped on, and they'd be calling a day. I mean. You know, guys be competitive, especially with this group. You know, if they're not hurt or sick and can't play, then let the guys go out there and play. I mean, I mean, you never know on down the line what situations you may have where you may wish you had the, you know, that game where you could have guys who aren't familiar playing with each other out there on the court because you never know what's going to happen on down the line and you know, that, in basketball. And that's a good point. Maybe this sickness is a is a blessing in disguise because you're getting to see minutes. You got to see minutes you know, from Adams and Stokes. Um, and meaningful big time road game against the best team in the East. I mean, the Raptors are the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Still, they're atop the East. So, uh, at the end of the day, it was a good move to plan. It was a good move. I yeah. think it was a good move. But when you're and looking the at it, you're like, well, with uh, a lot of uh, former Grizzlies players on their roster. And, and it's not like Gasol and Zebo have been playing that many minutes anyway uh, in in these games. They, they, they've been, I think, minute management's been going pretty well for the Grizzlies. And, uh, of course, but the big thing is everybody's attention on it. We'll talk a little bit more with it with Kevin Leip a little bit uh, later on because Nick Calathis has been activated. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, his suspension is over. Will he play tomorrow uh, against the Clippers? 21 straight regular season home games, victories for your Memphis Grizzlies. That streak is longer than Arkansas's SEC losing streak that ended last week. That's pretty. That's a pretty. That's a pretty impressive streak. But we're going to move on to number two, Tiger football. Tiger football, the number one team in America in the athletic conference. Uh, number one team in the America and yeah. athletic conference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mississippi State was number one in America. Tigers number one in the American. Uh, I like it. <laughs> But uh, this is a big game today. This is a once-in-a-lifetime. I, this kind of sunk into me over the past 24 hours. We're going to talk to Steve Cohen about it in a little bit. But 
I mean, this is a a great day in the city of Memphis. It has been miserably cold in this town for over two weeks, and today the highs are going to get up into the mid sixties. We got here's here's your forecast, Marcus, from Tim Van Horn, who. Um, who feuds with our friend Dustin Starr in professional wrestling. Uh, 1 o'clock today, it'll be 64 degrees. By kickoff, 66. And it's going to remain in the 60s for the majority of the game. It's going to be in the 60s for the entire game today. You're talking football weather defined for the Memphis Tigers playing their best football they have played in 40 years. And I think God might be a Tiger football fan. I'm not sure because it's all perfect. If you're not going to the Tiger game today, you, I don't know what you're doing. I, I, I'm not a big guy like uh, on the whole like what are you doing? Get out and go to the games. But this is it. This is it. We've got a good football team in this town. We've got perfect football weather. Uh, the Tigers are favored to win this game. They should beat the devil out of UCF or USF. You know, I always like say, all right, I'm not going to stumble over. It. I know it's South Florida, but you always it's it's, it's so easy to mix up USF and UCF. Uh, this is big. This is a one. I mean, you talk about things that happen once in a blue moon. This is once in a blue and gray moon, Marcus. This this does not happen very often. What we've got today, which is a, a awesome weather day, late November. Tigers number one in their conference. Yeah, you're right, and uh, it's a really good opportunity for fans to get out there and to show their support for the Tigers football team. Uh, because I mean, let's face it, you're not going to have a whole lot to cheer for basketball season this year, so why not go out there and show some love for the football team that's having a really good season, and one that's not used to it. I mean, you know, all all this time, Tiger fans, you know, when the Tiger football team wasn't doing well, just talked about how, you know, they kept calling and saying, you know, how the, the coaching, they needed changes, and they, they needed this and that to get a good football team out there. Now they have a good football team out there. Show up and show off for that football team because this is what you want, a Tiger fan. And it's not, now you have. I'm not saying. Basketball. I'm not just saying necessarily do it for that. I'm just do it for yourself. It's going to be a fun afternoon. It's going to be awesome. The weather is awesome. It's football weather. You got a winning football team playing in your area code. It is awesome. Go out. Go watch the game. I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go out and tailgate at Tiger Lane. Enjoy this moment. It just does not happen. Everything lining up today uh, for the Tiger football game. Well, you're right about that, Kevin, and it's good that you're bringing up that point because you know, probably part of the problem is uh, Tiger football fans don't really know how to enjoy having a winning <laughs> football team, especially since having Tiger Lane there. I mean, it's going to be really fun to have Tiger Lane while enjoying watching a winning football team. But, you know, I mean, right. you guys aren't used to that. So once you get used to it, uh, it can, you know, maybe become a you know, just an everyday thing where fans will go out and understand just how fun it is to go watch a college football game, especially when you have a winning football team. So, uh, you know, it's not really a tradition there in Memphis, but maybe if the team keeps winning, then Tiger Lane can grow into what it was really put there for. I will be out there today. I'm looking forward to it. 3 o'clock kickoff and 60-degree temperatures the entire Game. All right, uh, moving on to number three. Uh, we've talked about him each and every week. You know, it's the two Mississippi schools. They've got the attention of uh, uh, the nation still. And here, I'm going to throw this out with a math problem for you, Marcus. Are you ready? I don't know how good you are at math. All right, I'm ready. All right, so Mississippi State wins today against Vanderbilt. You add uh-huh. add that to Ole Miss wins out. They win today and they win next week. Then uh-huh. add that to Auburn winning the Egg Bowl. What does that equal? That equals uh, the Ole Miss Rebels winning the SEC West for the first time since they broke the divisions up, and they'll be going to uh, Atlanta 
for the SEC title game. How about that? Ole Miss still in play. This game, of course, later on today on Sports 56. You can listen to it immediately following this program. But it's a very realistic – because Mississippi State's going to win today, right? It's just a matter if they're going to cover the spread or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they going to cover – are they going to beat them by 30 or are they just going to beat them by, by, by a couple touchdowns? That's going to beat them by 30 just to make a point to all the national people who are saying the Bulldogs – should not be in the top four right now, which is ridiculous. Which is the which is the other part of the story. I mean, they, they, Mississippi State hanging in there after losing to Alabama. I mean, if you lose to Alabama, a team that's already you know in the playoffs, you should remain in the playoffs and switch. I'm fine with them being being uh, still in the playoff system. And they went to that. Anybody with a brain and anybody with a brain is fine with it. But if you listen to you know folks who are not from the south, you know they they all want you know the they they want Ohio State in. You know they want. You know, the teams with the more national prestige, and I thought the whole point was to get the four best teams in. Now it's like, since Mississippi State has one loss, they're you know, trying to say the Bulldogs are like, you know, not even worthy of being in the top eight. How many wins do they have against top 25 competition? Do you know? How many wins do they have against top 25 competition? For Mississippi State, they beat three top 10 teams in a row. Yeah, they're not ranked anymore. LSU and Texas A&M are not ranked anymore. I can't give you credit for that. They're not ranked anymore, but they're supposed to going to make an argument for Ohio State when they beat number 25th ranked Minnesota, and that's pretty much the right. best win they have. And then the best win they can get would be over a top 15 Wisconsin when Mississippi State can still get a win over a top 10 team in an Ole Miss. What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, who has Ohio State beaten? Who has those other teams beaten? You know, who cares what has happened to LSU and Auburn and Texas A&M since Mississippi State beaten? The SEC is tough. We knew that was going to happen. So now we're punishing Mississippi State for something that we knew was going to happen? I, ab- absolutely, Marcus. I, I couldn't agree. I could. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you can see Conrad. You can sit over there and you can twist and 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 try to find flaws in the impressive resume of Mississippi State. You can do that. It's not that impressive. But you can't. You can't find another one that is more impressive than what they did. So that's the thing. Like you can pick apart everybody's. The fact is, they did beat three top twenty-five teams in a row. And I mean, your other teams that are outside the playoffs, like Ohio State, have not done anything. So I mean, nothing at all. They haven't beaten somebody who was in the top. 25 now we're then so i mean come on who said anything about penn i know marcus mentioned it that people are saying pit ohio state i'm saying? not saying pit ohio state who goes in. in instead of mississippi state you pit tcu in you can pit baylor <laughs> what? you can pit one of them in preferably you pit baylor in because they beat tcu but looking at tcu's resume they have that one loss <laughs> that very baylor. impressive win they had against kansas right they beat minnesota <laughs> they beat Kansas State. I don't know, you know, what else you want. They beat Oklahoma. What, what else, else are you, you looking want? for? I'd say, Conrad, you're out of this. Kansas State lost to Auburn. Mississippi State beat Auburn. What are you talking about? There you go. All right, that doesn't matter, does it? They're not playing each other. If Auburn can go on the road and beat Kansas State and Mississippi State can beat Auburn, then how are you going to give much validity to TCU beating a Kansas State team that obviously wasn't even good enough to beat a team that's not even in the top 25 in the SEC right now? Because sports does not operate on the transitive property of equality. Just because one team A beats team B and team B beats team C, that does not mean team A can beat team C, Marcus. This whole argument is about quality wins, so obviously it does work on quality. 
Okay, so, but Baylor, TCU has more quality wins right now than Mississippi State. That that is a false statement, or they would be, that's a false statement. So, I mean, it's, it's. It's true. LSU's a good team. LSU's a good team. All right, but uh, so so today we're looking in the state of Mississippi. You've got Ole Miss versus Arkansas. Ole Miss has got to win that one uh, and then win the Egg Bowl next week. So Ole Miss still in play for the SEC championship game. Mississippi State's still in play for the SEC championship game and the national title picture. Ole Miss national title picture if they can win out and figure this stuff out. So this is a, a very, very fun finish for the SEC West and for college football these next two weeks. We will be on the air next week leading up to the Egg Bowl which will be right here on Sports 56. So we will be on uh, Thanksgiving weekend next week on Egg Bowl Saturday. We're going to go all-in, Marcus, next week. Greg Akers is going to join us to cast Dan Mullen in a movie. So I want you to be thinking about casting Dan Mullen in a movie. That's our segment next week. Uh, I'll definitely be thinking about that. <laughs> I've got my picks already, but get yours ready. Uh, wait and reveal Wait and reveal till next week's show. All right, number f- number four in the uh, starting five of your other games of regional interest today. Uh, Tennessee has a chance to become bowl eligible and make their case for the Liberty Bowl. Uh, they're playing Missouri. Uh, any other games? Uh, not really any other thing. I mean, that's the the other big game locally if you're not counting Memphis and Mississippi. So. Um Big game for Tennessee a little bit later on in the day. We're going to move on to number five, and that is Tiger basketball, because I know you want to talk about this, Marcus. Uh, a totally expected blowout at Wichita State the other night. Um, it's going to be a down year for the Tigers, We're, and I think if Tiger Nation is, is prepared for that. And with uh, Tiger football being number one in the American and the Grizzlies being number one in the NBA, uh, I think it's a good time to be down for Tiger basketball. It's a good time for Josh Pastner to have Tiger basketball be down, because otherwise, if everybody else was bad, people would be talking more about how bad the Tigers are instead of how good everybody else is. You know, uh, the Tigers are pretty bad, and after they lost that game to Christian Brothers, and you know, you 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 wanted to say that well, you know, you wanted to compare them to Syracuse when they lost to a lesser opponent, and then went on to be a really good team. Uh, that's just not this Tigers basketball team this year. The team isn't good. I mean, it's just not good. They don't look good. They don't play good. It's going to be a tough, rough year for the Tigers. It's going to be interesting to see just, just how bad they are. I mean, because at this point. At this point, fans just don't want to see a basketball team out there that's going to be an embarrassment. So Josh Baxter is going to have a tough time on his hand. He's making sure that this team can be really competitive this year. Right, and I mean, I watched that game um, at at Central Barbecue on summer, actually, which, this is what they told me. This is Central Barbecue, who are not a sponsor of this show, but they're a sponsor here at Sports 56. They... They have half price nachos during Tiger games during the week this season. It was the best deal I've ever ever heard. What? The, not the weekend games. They're saying, but they haven't officially announced this. They said that this it's out there that it, they did this for the Wichita State game. It was a test run, and they're that they're thinking about doing this half price nachos. So I went and I had some half price nachos, and I watched the Tigers at Central Barbecue on summer. And the first half it was woo. Miserable to watch, but it was, at least it was a close game. And then, you know, it, it is what it is. It's going to be a, a bad year. You kind of feel bad for Shaq and Austin Nichols. But can we get back to the real story? Half price nachos on, during weekday games? Really? That's that's what all of them. So it's going to be at Central Barbecue only on summer because that's where they have the watch parties. They have all the rooms with the TVs on. But it's not official. But check the, they're on Twitter at at Central BBQ so you can know. Check if you're looking for a place to watch a Tiger game this year. Check Central Barbecue because there's a good chance they're going to have half price nachos that day. Half price barbecue nachos. You can't get better than that. 
Can you, Marcus? Y'all down there in Mississippi, is there anything better than that? I don't think so. All right, that does it for the starting five uh, for this week, Marcus. Uh, we will talk to you next Saturday on the biggest Saturday, one of the biggest, the biggest Saturday in sports history, in the history of the state of Mississippi. Right? It's one of the like it doesn't get any bigger for the uh, the state of Mississippi. The next week, Egg Bowl Saturday in Oxford. Well, that all depends. I mean, the, the uh, Ole Miss Rebels have to go on the road today and beat an Arkansas team that, uh, at the time, when Mississippi State beat them, apparently it was an embarrassing win for the Bulldogs mm-hmm. uh, because they won by a touchdown. However, Alabama defeated Arkansas by one point, and that was a good win for Alabama. So much, so much awesome parity in the SEC West. Uh, all right, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, Ole Miss can get the win today, so we set up for a very very exciting Thanksgiving Saturday next week. Hey, I got one thing, man. I got one thing. CJ. I'm listening. Listen really close. Sanford, Minnesota, SMU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas. Are any three of those teams better than LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M? Yes. Yes. That's a better schedule than what you just said for Mississippi State. You can name three of those teams. Name three of those teams better than those three schools. Look, man, I'm glad I've been gone because I hate I listen to y'all and all y'all are stupid. But uh, CJ is really, really, really dumb. Talking about not giving credit for just please. All right, yeah. yeah. Well, it, 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 CJ calls himself the king of grunge. He's the king of SEC hate. All right, Marcus, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, be good. All right, follow Marcus at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, joins us every week to kick off the show. Watch him on TV every morning in Jackson, Mississippi. When we come back, we're going to be joined by your representative of the 9th Congressional District here in Tennessee. He's one of the biggest Tiger fans on the planet. He wants a moat at the White House. He's going to talk to us next. He's Congressman Steve Cohen. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Sports time with George Lapidus. Now in its 43rd year. Weekdays at 10. On Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Are you one of many Mid-Southerners who suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around weekday nights flipping channels on your TV while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Well, actually, that would be a little weird. Instead, just invite your friends to be on your team every week at Trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's an entertainment experience with weekly theme nights that will test your knowledge on a wide range of topics. Come see for yourself while Paul Ryburn's journal calls Kevin Cerrito a, quote, Trivia Master. For more information on where to play, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit Facebook forward slash Cerrito Trivia or follow Kevin on Twitter at Cerrito. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito, the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Warnings, side effects may include winning prizes, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, spending quality time with friends, and dance-offs. Now play Trivia with Kevin Cerrito downtown at Tampa Tap every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 and at the Green Beetle on South Main every Thursday night from 8 to 10. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. Welcome back to the show. We're about to be joined by Congressman Steve Cohen. We're going to talk uh, some Tiger football and moats. With him, 
There are no none of the early games today look uh, that interesting, but we will keep you abreast of any of the scores if they uh, change. Nebraska, Minnesota, with Big Ten West title hopes on the line. Have you you know how bad Minnesota is, right? Wait, seriously, they're yeah. twenty five in the nation. They they shouldn't be. The Tigers should. They be won't there. be after today. The, the Tigers should be in the top twenty five. Not so you not, can't give Ohio Minnesota. State the credit for beating the top twenty five team. No. I guess <laughs> none at all, none whatsoever. Oh my goodness, the, the hate coming from CJ oh, in the SEC is is horrible. All right, if you ever miss a portion of the show, you can catch the podcast memphissport.com or for free on iTunes. Just search MSL on there and subscribe. Listen to every show and catch every interview. And while you're there, also subscribe to the I Love Memphis podcast, which I host every month with Holly Whitfield uh, at I Love Memphis. Uh, you can go to I Love Memphis podcast.com to listen to those as well. You can subscribe for that on iTunes. Amy LeVere, the guest this month on the I Love uh, Memphis podcast. Amy LeVere, the musician and adventurer. The Yellow Memphis podcast comes out every month, includes a bonus clip on our feed as well. This portion of MSL is being brought to you by Croc Center Memphis. If you're going to be at Tiger Lane tailgating today, Croc Center is a new kind of community center. You can see it from Tiger Lane. Uh, the Range Own Croc Community Center is a 100,000 square foot recreation, education, worship, and arts center. It includes an NBA size basketball court inside soccer fields, indoors and out. They got an aquatic center with an indoor pool, water slide, and lazy river. That's right. Waterslide and Lazy River. There's also a fitness center with cable TVs on all the cardio equipment, a worship area, art rooms, theater, and more. It's at Croc Center Memphis. You can see it. You can see the water slide from Tiger Lane as you tell me. You look over there. It's a blue uh, tube slide you can see. So uh, Croc Center Memphis is at uh, 800 East Parkway South. It's $32 a month for individuals, $53 a month for household memberships. Go to crocmemphis.org for more information. That's crocmemphis.org. Or every now and then we like to talk um, about sports with a celebrity, and right now we're going to talk football with your congressman. All right, since 2007, he's been your U.S. representative for Tennessee's 9th Congressional District. Congressman Steve Cohen joins us now. What's up, Mr. Cohen? Well, Whitehaven Christmas Parade was fantastic this morning. A gigantic crowd, uh, great weather, and, and then this afternoon is great weather for the Tigers and then the South Florida American Athletic Conference game. There's already a Christmas parade? Were you in it? I was in it. Were you at the end, or was Santa Claus at the end? Well, I, I, I was about to, in the beginning, toward the beginning. <laughs> Uh, it is a great day today, and uh, that's we're talking uh, with with Congressman Steve Cohen, and we brought you on because you are one of the biggest uh, Tiger football fans on the planet, and we love we love talking to you about Tiger football. And I think today today may be one of the best days in the history of Tiger football going down today because the weather has lined up to be perfect, sixty degrees all day today. After it's been miserable, I don't know how many days you've spent in Memphis the past couple of weeks, uh, Congressman, but it has been horribly cold, way too unseasonably cold in November. Uh, the temps are lined up. The Tigers are number one. I, can you remember a day where it was better and just just so obvious of a decision to go watch the Tiger football team? Well, it's a great day to go out there because it is a great weather. I'm always astonished at the people in Memphis who don't go out and support the Tigers. It's a great way to spend the afternoon. It's a beautiful stadium and we've got a, a great team and it's everybody should be out there and supporting the Tigers today. 
What do, what do you do? You have do you ever eat at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium? I always think they've got underrated concessions there. Well, to be honest, I, I generally don't eat. I'm I'm basically a, a high protein, low carb guy, and I, I try to stay away from bread and things like that. What, do, what does that mean? High protein, low carb. What is what do you eat? It means meat and cheese. Meat and well, there you go. Sausage cheese play you can get. It, I guess. I guess that's big. That's a very Memphis thing for your diet. Right. Uh, okay, well, this is a very exciting time, though, for the for the Tiger football team. I mean, they're just rampaging through the American Athletic Conference. they on pace, on course, to win it, to be number one uh, in, in the conference for the first time in 40-some-odd years. And they can't go to the Liberty Bowl. Is that disappointing to you that they won't be able to play in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl because of the bowl reshuffling? It is very disappointing because I think it would fill the Liberty Bowl. But the Liberty Bowl has been doing well in its attendance. And it's better for the community to have somebody from outside come in and bring fans that fill up the hotels and fill up the restaurants. I mean, the bowls are are great sports events, but they are primarily uh, economic stimulus for the community and, and, and an advertisement for the community. But the economic stimulus part, if there were 30,000 Tiger fans in the stadium, that's 30,000 seats that aren't being taken by people or at the Holiday Inn or the Peabody or the Marriott and eating out at Jim's Place or wherever. <laughs> I, that's a that's that's a very very strong point because I, I I do think that's the reason I like the bowl system is because it does bring in your tourists every year and for New Year's you come you spend New Year's in Memphis you put your money in, into the city that with people who are usually not going to be here but um, so that's, that's a very good point um, okay so this this year's team is just just awesome maybe too good are you are you at all concerned that that this this team's success will end up uh, meaning Fuente jumps somewhere at the end of the season and goes and coaches for somebody else. I am concerned about that, and I think he's liable. He's proven himself to be a very, very good coach. He's gotten a lot of, a lot out of, of not as much talent as, as a lot of the schools have that are winning conference championships. Uh, he's really made the most of what he's had. He's made these guys into a team. He's taught them. He's disciplined them, and and he's done a great job. I think he's going to get some offers, and and it could be that he that. Uh, and I hope he doesn't take them, but if he does, I think we've got the good nucleus of, of a team coming back. And, and if we get a coach, we'll, I think we'll get a, a good coach based on what we did this year. The support we've got, people like Fred Smith, who can help make that contract a big one. And if we get somebody from this region, we might recruit this region better. Okay, that's a, that that's interesting. And again, but most of the nobody should be concerned about that. Just enjoy the ride while it's going on. Enjoy the fact that you've got a, a college football game in sixty degree temperatures on the Saturday before Thanksgiving with your team number one in the conference. So it's right. Only only two more games. Two games left to Memphis. Next week's game with Connecticut would be a big game too because that'll be the one that guarantees we win the championship, maybe outright or at least tie for it. But the weather next week, I think, is forecast to be cold. And next week, the kickoff is at the same time as Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Florida, Florida State. That's some competition for some people's time and interest. Right. Today's the day to go see the Tigers. And we got a lot of Memphis kids. Terry Redden, a senior who's out of Whitehaven, and Charles Harris, a senior linebacker out of Whitehaven, Kiwan Malone, who came home after playing at Alabama. Uh, they're seniors. So the chance to see these kids play again, Al Bond, a lineman who came out of South uh, Southwind, uh, he's been there four years. We've got some other seniors from Memphis, uh, and we need to go out and see these kids and, and see them off well. I'm glad you're a congressman. You might take my job. 
I don't want to even think about that. You do a great job. <laughs> right, we're talking with uh, Congressman Steve Cohen. You might uh, recognize him from this morning's Whitehaven Christmas Parade. Uh, okay, well, when we wrap things up on the Tigers, you're saying you're going this afternoon, right? You will be there. I go to almost every single Tiger game and have been doing it since 1956 when I was a little kid at Crump Stadium with Medea. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So what, what is it, what is it besides Fuente you think is this different about this year's team that is making them so successful? Well, I think they, I think it's Fuente. I think he's got them disciplined and giving them a positive mm-hmm. attitude and attitude they can win. And I think he's responsible for that. And he's kept a good, he got a great coaching staff and kept them together. And, uh, Odom has done a great job on the defense and Dickey's done fine on offense. I think these kids, they weren't, they weren't coached when, when Larry Porter was here. They, 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 Larry, Larry was not a good coach, and the, the people under him didn't reflect uh, well on, on, on the kids either. The attitudes were bad. Uh, he's done a great job, and he, he does have some – Lynch is a good quarterback. Uh, I question somewhat the lack of giving Karam a little time last year, and I still wish Karam had a little more time, but Lynch has, is a good quarterback. He uh, can run a little bit. He's got a, a good arm, and we've seen some – We've seen some kids come up who've been amazing. The, the kid from Atlanta, the tall kid, uh, Phil, oh, what's his last name? Number 87, I think it is. Uh, he was just a walk-on, and he's been he's been a good receiver. Uh, Roderick uh, Porter, uh, I think it's Porter, he's been a, a, a proctor, proctor. He's been a very good freshman uh, recruit, and he's been catching some passes. Mose Frazier out of Whitehaven and went to Central Arkansas has been had a great year. And Kiwan Malone, when he when they throw the ball to him, has done really fine. We hadn't gone deep as much as I like to see us do, but you know, we our, our receivers are are more are shorter. We used to have years past. We had some six three and some six five guys. I remember Carlos Singleton, among others, who could go up and get that long pass from Wimpron. That was a wonderful thing, and that, that that's something we don't have. But the kid from Atlanta, who was a walk on, he's really from Jersey, I think, but he's a walk on from the prep school where Noah Robinson came from. Phil Mayhew. He's just like six three or six four, and he gets up and makes some catches. So he's got some kids who have really gone beyond. I think what people would have thought. He may be just the coach that finds diamonds in the rough. All right, uh, Congressman Cohen, bring in the knowledge uh, this morning here on MSL. Do you uh, were you surprised that he was able to do it this fast? I think. I mean, that's that's the one. This very. I mean, he's been here. This is his third season. This is impressive. It's very impressive. Of course, his first year he won four games, if I remember. Right. And, and, and that was Karam who came in and did it at the end. Now, the competition, we beat them. One of the things they said is, oh, Karam beat some teams that weren't very good. Well, he surely beat some teams that weren't very good. But this year, we've got seven wins. It's a great year. But the reality is Austin P, SMU, Tulsa, and Tulane are not very good. Are, are, are really are only Cincinnati was a really spectacular win. MTSU was a nice win at home. And Temple came out okay because Temple's got an okay team. They get Penn State a run for three quarters. We went out these two games, and then we really it'll be show what we've got. It'll be in the bowl. That'll be our next opportunity. I think our best game, other than Cincinnati and MTSU, were our losses to Ole Miss. We played valiantly, mm-hmm. and and UCLA. And I went out to that game in Pasadena. We played spectacularly there. Both uh, really the offense was the most spectacular, but the defense was good too. So you were you were at the game at UCLA. That's awesome. The, 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 yeah, the, the Tigers, maybe you could say it's good that they didn't have to play ECU or, or Central Florida this year, but I, it's kind of disappointed there wasn't a, there's not a good conference rivalry game this year, right? There's like, let's have two good teams from the American go head-to-head between you know, Memphis, ECU, or, or whatnot. Well, it would have been nice. They, they both have, I think right now, they've got more talent than we do, and both of them right. have got good coaches. But you saw South Florida uh, beat uh, well, I guess Temp- Temple beat East Carolina and Connecticut beat Central Florida. 
And so anybody can beat anybody in this conference, and we could have beat both of them. We should have beat Central Florida last year. And, uh, you know, we just had that fumble on the kickoff. I guess it was the uh, one of the kids who's no longer with us, things from San Antonio, fumbled that, that kickoff. And, uh, they, they went that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, that was real tough. I was watching that one on the airplane coming back from Washington. All right, we're talking with Congressman Cohen. Let's shift gears here for a minute. Uh, Memphis this week was named the best NBA destination by uh, USA Today. Well, we have a great destination, and the fans love the Grizzlies. The arena is phenomenal. I don't know that I'll be successful. I doubt I will, but this is, I'm trying to. I'm going to try to get Barack Obama to come in for the Martin Luther King Day. And President Obama has not been to the National Civil Rights Museum. We've been trying to get him here the whole six, seven, six years that he's been a president as I've been congressperson, and I'm going to make the pitch this week that I don't know what he's got, if anything else, on the, on the 19th, but come to the Civil Rights Museum and then come be at the game. And I asked Chris Wallace, and I said, it's a thousand and one shot, but if I get him here, you got a suite and you take care of it. He said, you get him here, we'll take care of it. Chris right. has got the best team in basketball right now by the record, and, and we've got a, a team that's to be, uh, uh, I think, one that's going to get a lot of national fans if we can get national exposure. We don't have a lot of nationally televised games, but Gasol is the best thing going at center. Zach Randolph is a, just, he's a phenomenal player, just gets it done. Conley's come into his own. I tell you, John Lurr looked like a star last night, and he's had a couple of great games. So I think we're destined to be right up at the top, and I think the president, hopefully I'll be, he'll want to come here for the Civil Rights Museum, honor Dr. King, and go to the game. Oh, wow, some some uh, breaking news from Congressman Cohen. He's trying to get President Barack Obama here for the Martin Luther King Day. I think that, that that's perfect, and if there's ever a year, right, it's, it's this year while the Grizzlies are awesome, uh, so he might as well come and uh, can check that out. That's very cool. Uh, and it, and you mentioned, yeah, I mean, we're just a great Memphis is just a great destination city anyway. Rob Rob Lowe was here this week. John Stamos was here this week, and uh, even Hillary Clinton was here this week. Do you have any? Uh, what's your encounters with Hillary Clinton over the years? Well, Hillary and I have been friends for a long time. Bill and I have been better friends, but we've all been friends and uh i think hillary's destined to run for president i think she's destined to to be president it was wonderful she was at st jude she was here as first lady and to have her here again and know about st jude is it's a, a good thing for the for the hospital and for the city uh carrie kennedy's a friend of mine robert kennedy's uh most most involved daughter in terms of carrying on his legacy she's head of the rfk institute which does human rights work around the globe and she was in town about 10 days ago i took her to st jude uh, took her out to the Civil Rights Museum as well, and then we did some some duck viewing and some 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 rendezvous ribby. But she had a great time here, and she'd never been to Memphis before. So a lot of people come in, and whether, whether it's for St. Jude and Marlo Thomas being here, and you know Marlo Thomas is getting along with Kerry uh, Kennedy's mother, Ethel Kennedy. They're two of the twenty recipients of Presidential Medal of Freedoms that are going to be presented by the president on Monday in the White House. Ethel Kennedy, of course, the widow of Robert Kennedy and Marlo Thomas. And so when I saw Kerry in Washington on Thursday, the RFK Institute was given their, their awards and in, in the Kennedy Room and in, in, in the uh, Richard Russell office building of the Senate. And Kerry said, you know, my mom's getting, and I knew that, blah, blah, blah. And she said, and the girl, the woman from Memphis, what, what's that thought for? St. Judas, oh, Marlo Thomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're <laughs> getting around. Another quasi-sports story you're involved with is the Main to Main project, which is going to be the longest bike bridge in the United States, connecting uh, downtown Memphis to uh, downtown West Memphis. Right. It's 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 a major federal program, the Tiger Grant, the very competitive grants. I think about one percent of them are funded, and we were able to get this one for Memphis. And it, it does a lot of improvements that aren't sexy on the mall, 
between Uptown and, and, and South Bluff, uh, improvements on gutters and curbs and all kind of uh, infrastructure that needed to be repaired that otherwise would have been tax dollars and created a lot of jobs. Then it's going to take up the bike path, which can go through there too, along through the South Bluffs and across the, the Harahan Bridge. A lot of private money went into that. Charlie McVeigh was the leader. But there's $15 million of federal money overall in the Main Street Project and the Harahan Bridge. I think it's going to bring a lot of uh, attention to Memphis. I know Charlie's got a great celebration plan when we open the bridge. He's talked about having Tina Turner here, rolling on the river, and having you name it. Charlie does things big. But I think a lot of young people will see this as something important about Memphis is offering uh, outdoor activities and, and an ambiance that they, they want to experience and, and maybe will keep them here. And something. A lot of young people like to walk and bike. And there could be some bike races because of the bridge. It could attr- attract some, some major bike races. And it's going to extend across the levee into Arkansas. Charlie's idea is extends all the way down the, down and through the Mississippi on the other side, down the levee. But I think it's going to be a good thing for outdoor enthusiasts and for, and for young people. And that's what we need to do is find ways to make Memphis more attractive to young folks. Oh, ab- absolutely. When's that scheduled to open? It's supposed to open in July of 2016. July 2016. Will Bass Pro be open by then, you think? <laughs> But yeah, I think they, I think they baited the, the 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 hook has been baited. They're just waiting for the fish. All right. Uh, last thing, we cannot do an interview with Congressman Steve Cohen this week without talking about moat. the moat. You know it. The moat. <laughs> we have to talk about the moat. Uh, you were even uh, they even talked about you on the Tonight Show during the monologue. We got that clip right now. We have the clip. Let's play it. Let's... Hey, turn it up. You got a boombox or anything? We listen to music. This does not sound like the clip. Uh, some more news out of Washington during go. a hearing yesterday. <laughs> uh, the acting director of the U.S. Secret Service, Joseph Clancy, said that it, it may make the fence around the White House taller because of all the recent security failures. Uh, when they asked if he had any other ideas, he said, uh, make the sidewalk lower? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like Congress really grilled this guy about how they were going to g- keep the White House safe. In fact, one of the congressmen actually had an idea of his own. Check it out. What a... Moat, no water, six feet around, be kind of attractive and effective. Yeah. Yeah, moat. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you for that idea. Uh, building a moat around the White House. Then we'll get some big cauldrons full of hot boiling oil we'll put on top of the White House. And instead of uh, Commander-in-Chief, we'll call the President Mother of Dragons. And then, and then we'll just, we're not building a moat! Okay, the oodles of jokes about this all week. I kind of think it's, my, it's kind of a good idea. You didn't really mean a moat all the way around the White House, right? No, I didn't, and I probably, I, I was talking, and I, you know, when I said six feet around, I really meant six feet wide. Um, <laughs> you know, if you go to the Memphis Zoo, which I've done since I was you know, a kid, the, the area between the the the, the, the animals, the, the primates, the gorillas and, and and apes, and the humans is a moat, and the area between us and, of course, cat cat country came later. We used to have the, the cat house, so to speak. It was the cat house, but it wasn't anyway. The <laughs> cat country, and and there's a moat there that keeps you separated from the animals. A moat does not have to be a 360, a medieval definition, and that's not what I intended with a 360. In fact, it's insane because you don't need a 360 because you have buildings on one side and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. What I was suggesting is behind the fence of Pennsylvania Avenue, that is where they get the quote-unquote jumpers, that they build a moat about a six-foot-wide body of water between
between the driveways, no drawbridges, none of that stuff. So if somebody gets over the fence, they land in water and have it be deep enough, they're not going to get away from the folks who are in the guard gates or anywhere else because they're going to be in the water and trying to get themselves out and blah, blah, blah. And we'll catch them. It'd be simple. And you, and you also, my idea was to have the, and I've passed this along, to have that body of water, that, that um, kind of pool, to have a fountain, fountains in it and be like red, white, and blue and have waters bubbling up. and It would make an attractive barrier. I don't want to see a bunch of additional fences put up or barbed wire. Right now they put a bunch of bicycle racks up front of that area. It makes it look like something in the old uh, uh, communist Berlin. And the, the White House should continue to be a, a thing of beauty. You could add beauty to the White House with some, some fountains at that level. There are fountains on the grounds, but not right up against the fence. And it could be a barrier to these folks jumping. Right. Yeah, there may be some other way to do it. But that's what I was thinking. I mean, a moat is a moat is a is an archaic idea, but it worked at the time. I mean, when people had moats, they had moats for a reason because they worked, right? I mean, they still work at you know, like you said, at the zoo. Like it's a it's an idea that works. But we even the director of the Secret Service, I believe, didn't he agree with you? Is that it was maybe a good idea? He he did, and and, and so did others. In fact, afterwards, I, I kind of Googled some stuff mm-hmm. and found out that an architect had recommended it and had been written on the New York Times uh, uh, on a New York Times site about a moat as a defensive um, security measure, and he, he, he does them for people's homes. But he was thinking in terms of 360. I'm, I'm just thinking about Pennsylvania Avenue, and I think it could be attractive and be a barrier and, and not be an uh, a ugly, obtrusive fence. And we're so um, u- we're so used today. Sorry to interrupt, but like today with like this technology, like if it's not something that's some high tech thing, like people are gonna gonna scoff at it. But I think the the moat is like it's, they can't hack into the moat, right? To try to get into the White House, like there's gonna right. be a moat there. It would be effective, and everybody I can see why everybody jumped. It was also on uh, Brian Williams NBC News and on uh, the CBS News and Scott Pelley, and he he had a, I had another line which I used afterwards, which mm-hmm. was not as serious. This was serious. But a, a, just a, a comedy line, and said, you know, that the, the jumper got further in the White House than some of my colleagues on the Republican side have, <laughs> and so that was used on CBS too. You know, you throw it out there; they've had fun with it, and you're going to have fun with the idea of a medieval moat, and it kind of makes sense, and people make jokes, but they don't know what a, a, a Memphis Zoo moat is. So what right. you got is people that are thinking in medieval historic uh, common talk terms, and not in architectural design terms. And um, I'm going to throw new ideas out run them up the flagpole and see who salutes. Right, exactly. You're not afraid to bring out, bring out different ideas, and, and, and that's why that's why we like you here in Memphis. So what are we calling it? It's not a moat. We're gonna, are we calling it a water barrier or, barrier, or what are we calling this? I think you can still call it a moat. Just okay. hope people can, will educate people to, to realize moats? that a moat is not just a, a, a medieval uh, 360. All right, that, that, that sounds good to me. So we're, we're sticking with the moat, and I, I, I support you 100% on that, Congressman. And we appreciate you, join, you. joining us today uh, on the show, Talking Tiger Football and Moats and everything else. And we will see you this afternoon at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. I'll be there. Go Tigers. And I don't know the word. Take care, Kevin. All right, thanks, Congressman. That's Congressman Steve Cohen. Follow him on Twitter, at Rep Cohen. At Rep Cohen. We're going to take a quick 60-second timeout and be right back with Kevin Light from the Flyer. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Rebels, Bulls, Bulldogs, Tigers. It's always college football season here. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. 
I need to build a moat to get you guys separated from me over here. Thanks to uh, Congressman Steve Cohen for joining us. Uh, so much fun talking to him about everything. He is great. Your representative of the 9th Congressional District here in Memphis. But every week in the 11 o'clock hour, we're joined by Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. He joins us now. What's up, Life? How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? You know, it's, it's, sorry we're getting on you a little late. We don't have much time uh, because we didn't know how... It was more important than you. <laughs> he, he is our representative. <laughs> and we are, we're breaking down the realistic possibilities of a moat around the White House. But uh, let's talk about your Grizzlies. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, still the best team in the NBA. Big win last night. Big performance by John Lure, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was kind of the game we've been expecting to have, right? He's been taking good shots. He's been playing pretty well, but his shots just kind of haven't been falling. So, uh, you know, last night they started falling. We see what could happen there. It's like 9 for 13 on the night. He finally made a 3. Uh, you know, I think people kind of underrate how athletic he is, too. He really has some, some – he might be the best dunker on the team. He had some really athletic kind of moves inside last night. Just a great game out of John Luer. I mean, that's, that's exactly the kind of, like, quality fourth big that yeah, – that, they wanted him to be coming into this year, and that, that I think he has the ability to be. It's just a matter of can he kind of make that his consistent performance instead of just kind of slow start this year. I mean, right, 19. Yeah, 19, yeah point, 19 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists last night. I like John Lure. My only problem with him is these forced nicknames. Like, I'm watching the TV broadcast. I couldn't be at the forum last night, and everybody's constantly trying to force nicknames to Johnny Badger, Johnny Basketball. Just show. Yeah, well, basketball is just hilarious, so I keep doing it. What? I just think Johnny Basketball is hilarious, so I keep calling him that. Oh, because he's not uh, really Johnny Basketball. <laughs> yeah. I like there's the... Johnny, there's a Johnny Football, there should be a Johnny Basketball. There's a Johnny Radio. I, I'm, I'm critiquing these nicknames. It's the guy across the glass from me. His nickname Johnny Radio. But, uh... Yeah. Tennessee Dirk was kind of a natural nickname that I kind of like, but I guess you can't have a nickname that's named after somebody who's much better than him. Tennessee Dirk is pretty hilarious. That's, uh, I think that was Dan Jeffries for me who did that. That's, that's pretty good. All right, Life, we got to let you go. We will. Uh, you're off next week for Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll catch up with you in, in December. Thanks. Yep, and you'll have a good one. All right, that's Kevin Leip. Uh, follow him at Flyer Grizz blog on Twitter with one Z.